I want to talk to you about human reasoning versus uh, spiritual. Oh, it's here. Human reasoning versus spiritual. I got my new battery-powered changer with a battery indicator on the front of it. That Chris Barrows, man, he's all over it, buddy. He's all over it. That new, that new fangled deal you got to plug in. They got these hearing aids that you plug in. Don't, don't get them. Get the battery ones. Get the battery ones because you'll forget to plug that thing in and be deaf all day long. By the way, I went to the ear, nose, and throat, and he said I can wear a hearing aid. I said, you buying it? Uh, he said, I'm a candidate for a hearing aid. Uh, especially the kind they drill a hole in you. Put it in the back there. Okay, so human reasoning versus spiritual. Keep praying, keep praying, and we're getting closer. I, uh, I'm not telling you anything new. I like the fact that a lot of you have been through the Christian life for a while. You're born from above for a long time. You've already battled some of the things we talk about. Um, you know, not everybody understands that, but we're in a contest, and this has been some kind of contest. Being a, being a Christian is some kind of contest. I don't know if you find it true, but you're never out of the woods. You're never out of the woods. In other words, the old man will pop his ugly head up at the most unexpected times, you know what I mean? I mean, it'll happen like, the distance from being spiritual and being carnal is paper thin. They say they say the uh, your eye where your eye sets has a bone, a, a bone that looks like an egg, you know, behind it. it's real thin, thin as an egg, and that's why you can't if you pierce that you go right into the brain, brain fluid, and so if you get a bad sinus infection you got to jump on it because it'll go through that bone into your brain and. You'll die sometimes, you get bad off. And so that's about how thin my old nature and my new nature are apart from each other. They're just like, I can cross over like boom, boom. You know, you could do something right now, make me cross over. You don't know what it is, but my wife does. But anyway, uh, you, you can do. I, is it okay if I make a confession? I mean, we're not Catholic, but we do believe in confession. What we, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. That's the confession we're supposed to have. And uh, the word false there is the root word for sin. So we're supposed to not be whitewashed sepulchers. We're not supposed to go around looking like we got our act together when you don't have your act together. You're supposed to be transparent about your trouble. Why would I do that? Because you feel better when I got trouble. That's how bad you people are. You feel better when I got trouble. It's true. What happens is when you know I struggle with the same stuff you struggle with, then that gives a certain degree of comfort to you. I mean, it's like widows to widows. I mean, I can't relate to a widow, but a widow can relate to a widow because they know they walk down a similar path. They have a similar loss and similar feelings. about. And so if I get up here and tell you I've struggled, I have had an anger problem my whole life. My whole life I've struggled with anger. Brother Tom Gillespie and I are brothers on that. I'm confessing your faults. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Brother Tom Cronin and his dear wife took me for their anniversary to Ruth Chris. Now, isn't that a good thing? 
They invited me to go to Ruth Chris, and I wore my Trump hat, and I didn't know that when they went into Ruth Chris, you can't wear a hat. They don't allow hats in Ruth Chris. Well, I wear that hat everywhere I go, because once I get hat head, I wear it for a while. Once I get hat head, I don't want to take it off and show you my ugly hair, right? I mean, I'm a very vain individual. And so I, I'm in there, and a the manager, a guy from New York City, that's another problem, New York, New York, he comes up to me and says, you can't have your hat on in here. We hadn't, I hadn't even seated. They had been seated, and I was right behind them. And I looked at my wife and said, Kathy, we're going. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, no, we're leaving. We're leaving. You made me take my hat off. You ain't made me take my hat. This is my trouble. I, I go to bed with this hat. I don't take this hat off anywhere. Well, that wasn't quite the truth. I guess I don't wear it in church, do I? So he said, okay, okay. You know, I was, I was getting ready to make a scene restaurant-wide. And, and he said, okay, okay, sit down. So go ahead. So we sat down. I still had my hat on. I said, I won. won. The Holy Spirit goes, you got a problem. I go, I got a problem. He said, you got an anger problem. I got an anger problem. I'm trying to help people over anger. And I thought, oh, man, so I took my hat off. I go to my wife and say, how's my hair look? She helped. She's a big help. Fine. <laughs> it didn't look fine. It didn't look fine. So I said, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom and tidy up, you know, get my hair looking where I it's hard to get it looking like this. I mean, some of you wish you had some hair to play with. So I go in the bathroom. Well, on the way to the bathroom, there's a manager. He's a big old boy. And he looked at me with a no hat, and he says, oh, I, oh man, I want to thank you for that. And I said, no, no. You gave, I'm willing to give. And he said, I want to do something free for you. I'll give you a free dessert or free. I said, you don't have to do anything for me. You already did it for me. He said, what did I do? I said, you taught me not to be so stubborn. Oh, he said, man, I appreciate that. He ended up warming up to us, coming over and talking to us, you know, about his life in New York City and all that stuff, and, and it became a, a good thing. And uh, I went home, and I go, man, I'm fighting the junk I fought when I was 18 years old. That's what the lesson is this morning about. So there was something to that. We still battle the old man. By the way, my old man is alive and well. I may be sick, but he's pretty well. So if this don't work, you're going to see me go through a tantrum again. Right? Where's the controller at? Over there? Thank you. Did you do that? I did it. The devil's against this, I guarantee you. What I'm teaching this morning, man, he's against it. This great contest going on is, I'm going to give you some Bible this morning. That's what this is, Bible teaching. 
Galatians 5.17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit lusts against the flesh. These are contrary one to another, so you cannot do the things that ye would. I want to be sweet, but I cannot do the things that I would. I want to be congenial, but I cannot do the things that I would. I want to be spiritual all the time, but I cannot do the thing. There was that battle he's talking about, that war within us. That's why we got to go easy on each other. Give Brother Jim some wiggle room. Give Brother Max some wiggle room, Maxwell. Give brother, give brother Jackson some wiggle room. Give him some space to be in the flesh once in a while. Trouble is we get, you know, some people are hypercritical. They can't get along with nobody that way. You're going you're gonna to find fault. My goodness, we, we whew, this battle going on shows us ugly, ugly, ugly part of us. And there's uh, this war going on. Let me give you another verse if the slide will work. You know, this worked like a jewel back there. Switch it to the next slide. It's a very nice controller. Got a battery thing on the front here. You can see the battery. Works well when you're right by the box. So that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born. Now, that's not the verse, brother. Well, that's okay. Yeah, that's the verse. That's born of the flesh is flesh. That's born of the spirit is spirit. The two, they don't mix well. Let's go to the next slide. I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. I believe God is, uh, it's going to be, you know, one of the beautiful, most beautiful places of heaven will not be the streets of gold and, you know, the fruit trees and, Oh, it's going to be beautiful, no doubt. I mean, the, the colors, the colors of the rainbow. I mean, the colors are all there. And the construction and all that God makes, which is so beautiful. It's not really, it's, it's wonderful and it'll awe you some. What's really going to awe you is the first time you ever step into heaven and not have the old man. Whoa, that'll be good. And then your girl's the old lady. I mean, when Bob Rose stepped over, he bowed his little head on his, on his chest. He stepped over the other side. It was the first time he ever felt freedom. Freedom! Real freedom from the old man. That tendency to want to do the things of the flesh, which are not mixed with the spirit, to the place where you're not going to heaven with, it, with the old man. With you. It cannot and will not be allowed into heaven. Go to the next verse. Oh, no, it's right there. Right. Go back one. For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are the spirit, the things of the spirit. So it seems to make it clear in the Bible that whichever way we want to walk, that's the way we walk. But we, we have to make the choice. 
God doesn't pick you up and, and float you all the way to heaven. You know, we have to make choices, choices, choices. I want to walk in the Spirit. He said, good, I'll give you the power to do it. But if you don't want to walk in the Spirit, you'll walk in the flesh, and you'll be displeasing to God. And that, that goes on constantly in our lives. It's a, it's a constant battle. Uh, we're a, we're a uh, I, believe we're, I believe we're a trilogy. Some people believe in a dichotomy. I believe in a trichotomy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says this, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved under the coming blameless. That is, be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can I be blameless? Because of the blood of Jesus. After I had my little tantrum, you see a kid. You see a kid in the in the uh, grocery store throwing himself on the floor and kicking. That was me. Just bigger. And I came to God and oh, may the blood of Jesus cover that. And He does. Bible says God, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. How much sin? Uh huh. He knows the beginning from the end, or the end from the beginning, or both. And he has covered my sin by the grace of God. Whoa, don't you feel sorry for anybody that's crossed over. They've been free from what's been harassing every believer, every believer that goes on. There's this war, this spiritual war and this trichotomy that goes on between our spirit and soul and our body. I have the Holy Spirit now dwelling in me, no doubt about it. If you have not, he that has not the Spirit of God is none of his, Romans chapter 8. So if you don't have the Spirit of God, you're not, you're not his. So you have the Spirit of God at birth. That is spiritual birth, spiritual birth. And so your spirit and your body, your spirit and your soul then begin to war against the body, the flesh, this thing, this evil nature that's there. Well, let's go to the next slide. Um. But someday we get a new new one, don't we? We get to be transformed and renewed. This verse here, fabulous verse. I want to leave it up a little while. Who shall change our vile? What kind of body do we have? Well, we take good care of that old vile body, don't we? That we may be fashioned, that may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Go to the next one, please. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. That's present tense, by the way. But it does not yet appear what we shall be. We're children of God by birth in Christ, but we're not fully developed, fully matured out, meaning well, the old nature's got to go. Got to go. A baby in the womb is a baby, but he's not what he will be when he's birthed. You finally get birthed, you get a, ooh, you know, a whole different, and that's us. But we know, we don't guess at it, we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Uh, and every man that hath his hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Interesting phrase in the Bible. <clears throat> like right there, we'll purify ourselves even as he appears. It seems to put the responsibility on you, not God. Every man has his open and will purify himself even as he is pure. The Bible also says, keep thyself pure. 
one verse I often will send to young people, like my grandson, like, like Thomas Sweat. Keep thyself pure. Keep thyself pure. And uh, that's up to them. That's up to them. God, we know, wants them to stay pure. We know the Bible teaches us to stay pure. We know we're for them to stay pure. But that's not going to keep them pure. they got to want it. they got to want it and make the decision. It's been said, and I've said it, you are today accumulation of every decision you've ever made. I think the sermon is, you are today what you have been becoming. Oh, that's a principle, boy. That's the truth. So um, when, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, there was a, there was a massive change. The fellowship with God died. Their peace with God died. He said, the day you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. Well, when they ate it and didn't physically die, they probably thought, well, what's he talking about? Well, there's a lot of things died right, right, at, right in front of them. The other day it was cool. By the way, Florida is a cool state. I'm calling my northern friends 111, 105, 104. I can't believe it. 95 at 7 p.m. And I say, oh, let me look at my thermostat. Oh, 75. One of them called me the other day and says, man, it's 98 out there. I says, oh, let me look. My truck said uh, 82. They said, why is it every time I call you, it's cooler there than it is here? I said, because you don't live here. Move down. Uh, I mean, it's more humid here, no doubt about it. But but it's definitely heat is heat. Don't you give me that dry heat thing? Don't do it. But but they they died. They their understanding of God died. My wife and I in the evening we like to after the rain goes through it cools down to about seventy five, and it's a beautiful time of day, and and the birds are singing. I can't hear them. The crickets. I can't hear any of that. But she can hear it, and I remember what it was like. And so I said, let's take us a walk in the cool of the evening. Where am I getting that phrase? Genesis. I says, let's walk with God. Let's walk with God. They gave that up. They gave that up. I can walk with my wife. But I really, in some respects, cannot walk like they walked with the creator of the universe. I have him in me. I get it. But I'm not where I will be. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But when he shall appear, we'll be like him, for we'll see him as he is. We're going to get to walk, which I believe we'll get to walk with God in the cool of the evening. Because the Jesus Christ is going to restore, it's called the restoration of all things in the Bible. Going to restore what was lost in the garden is going to be restored in Jesus Christ. Well, the devil tempted and, and Adam cooperated with losing all that God had for him is going to be restored in the Lord Jesus Christ to them that believe in him. 
we're going to get to have the same same kind of stuff. The understanding of God was lost by Adam and Eve. The connection with God was lost. They lost their connection, and they got a new connection with the one they obeyed. Who, what, who was that with? The devil, the serpent. The serpent lied, so they lied. You get their fathers. They switch. They lost their father, and gained a new one. The devil. You are who you obey. So the devil lied. He was a liar, and we know from eight forty-four John. He was from the, he was a murderer in the beginning, a liar, and never you know he's a father of lies. So his children lie. Little little uh, wheelbarrow was never taught to lie, and Owen was never taught to lie, and this new little girl, whatever her name, is never taught to lie. <clears throat> never taught to lie, but they lie. And and he said he said what a I said how he's I, I was raised with three two brothers, so we we had we know what chaos is, but I said how's your house? He says, it's just chaos, three kids, you know, it's crying. this guy's crying, this one's crying over here, the baby's crying, mama's mad, drop. You know, it's, sometimes a home, it's just like chaos, you know, you got all this, all these kids going. And, now, I only had one child, so it was always peaceful at my house. Raising one child is just like not having any children. I mean, it was always peaceful. He had nobody to fight with, nobody to argue with. Uh, you know, he did his own thing. I taught him to read. We didn't have a TV when he was growing up, and so... He read, and so that's what he was in, a, in his room reading it a lot of times, and it me- it messed him up a little. Troy is kind of not real social. You may know that, but it's because probably I raised him in such an antisocial environment. I don't know, but it is what it is. So they were separated from God. Let me give you this definition. The very simplest definition of death is separation. You read the Bible, and every time you see the word death, put the word separation in there. It's the separation physically of the spirit and soul from the body. That's death. Spiritual death is the separation of you from God. Hell is called the second death, which is the final separation of a human being. From God, the horror of hell is not the are not the flames. Though I'm sure they are horrible, and all that goes with hell. The horror of hell is a separation from God. People don't realize; they do not realize what it's like to have absolutely God separate from you in totality. See, the God God is still influencing this world heavily, heavily. Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. He still sends the sunshine on people that hate him. God is is in the world today. I want to sing a song. He's in the world today. But anyways, I know that he is living no matter what man may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And every time I see him, I, he's always, he lives, he lives. But hell is the absolute separation from God, which no living human has ever experienced. You have not experienced it. People say, hell be... No, hell, no, no, no. No! 
a thousand times now. Separation. So these forces go on. Go to the next uh, slide for me. It's the spirit that quickens the flesh profiteth what? Nothing. The words I speak unto you are spirit, and they are life. Jesus' words, by the way. So these two forces that we have, the spirit and the flesh, are in constant war one with another. We're not victims. We're not helpless. We're not slaves. We have. We can live a life. Uh, of, of, of spiritual life. Uh, first, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, 4, and one of my favorites, 3, 4, 5, says, though we walk in the flesh, and that's our life, we do not war after the flesh. The flesh cannot pull down the flesh. The flesh cannot overcome the flesh. I, I see sometimes people with strong willpower. You've seen them. They, cannot, they can live an appearance of a disciplined Christian life, but that is no, that's just a hollow shell. The Christian life is more than quit smoking, drinking, cussing, you know, makeup, you know, playing cards and all. It's bigger than that. It's the walk day by day. It's the internalization of it. That's the big part of Christianity. He walks with me, talks with me, and tells me I am his own. That's the internalization of it. That's the part of the Christian life that cannot be done by willpower. Absolutely, the flesh cannot help the flesh. We do not war after the flesh or the will. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh. Do I want that to be so? I want that to be so. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, But I keep my body under my body and bring it into subjection. The body is your enemy, your flesh. Lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Right in front of these two dear folks, I threw a little fit. I had to repent of that because I preached to them, don't do that. I preached to them, don't do that. And then I did it. They call that a hypocrite. Yeah. And so I got right every way I knew to get right because I don't want to be a castaway. I hope you don't either. You walk in the flesh, you do not have to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You have weapons, weapons of your warfare, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, nine fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Those things will keep you in good stead. They that And, and Peter has a list there he goes through, and he says, if you do so, you shall never be moved, never fall. You can have victory. Father, help us today as we go through this wrestle match called life. But help us. We, we are winners. We're more than conquerors. For him that loved us, Romans 8.37. Help us to uh, rely on you in every way possible. Uh, and deliver us according to thy mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.